Hey y'all, welcome back to Black Hair Care No Chaser. So I'm here with Mr. Murph. He owns a barber shop. Wait, it's a beauty barber shop. Tell me everything, Mr. Murph. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a beauty and barber shop, women hair care and men barber shop, um, where we take care of all of your hair care needs. Where are you located? 117 East Wright Boulevard in Universal City, Texas. I should know all this stuff because tutus and tennis shoes has now moved into one of the suites, but you know, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> Brain farts happen often <laughs> with me. So Mr. Murph, how long have you been in the industry? Oh God, uh, over 20 years. I first started when I was 16 years old. Um, I'm about to date myself. Um, first started when I was 16 years old, went to school um, shortly thereafter for barbering. But then I went back a few years ago for Cosmo, so that way I would be licensed in both. I just had a fascination with uh, women, women's hair just being healthy and stuff, because sometimes you see them walking around and it's like, ooh, something's not right. So, you know, you just uh, want to learn more about it. And the more you learn about the business, the more valuable you become. That's definitely true. So here in Texas, did you have to do a crossover license or did you do the whole process? No, I did a crossover for barbering um, because Louisiana and Texas both have the same amount of hours. Mm -hmm. It's both 1500 hours for barbering. And then um, I did the Cosmo here in Texas. Uh, okay. So I went to school here in Texas for the Cosmo. Uh, but uh, it wasn't a bad process. But while I was in school, I actually believe it or not, led the school in everything uh, from services to grades to uh, everything because I was passionate and I was serious about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to learn. Nice. I forget that you are not originally from Texas. You're yes. from Louisiana, right? So Absolutely. you went to barbering school in Louisiana? Correct. How do you think the community differs there versus here? As far as the community in the industry so are barbers here you know doing techniques that are different or are they more passionate like how do you think that differs um that's a good question because in louisiana um when i started out in the in a barber shop uh, well it's two things that are different in louisiana louisiana has what is called an apprenticeship program mm -hmm. which you can get in the barber shop and start cutting but you must be under a master barber. Uh -huh. But then also you still have to go to school like two days a week, two nights a week and learn the uh, scientific part and all of that part. But then um, I was in a shop when I went to school and everything, I was in a shop with some more mature barbers. So they were passionate about the business and um, I was a little younger. So they would take their time and teach, you know, Hey, you know, you're fresh out of school. This is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. And they taught about customer service. They taught about dress. They taught about the business side of things. Um, and and some things have changed during the 20, 20 plus years I've been cutting. Um, but then, truth be told, a lot of it has gone back to back then. But one thing that I get frustrated with is the professionalism of the younger barbers these days. Yeah. There's no professionalism. There is no good customer service. You know, um, some of it has changed to where it's not about the client anymore. It's about them um, and the disrespect of uh, 
just because you can cut kind of good um, doesn't mean you're a good barber because you don't have good people skills. So you you value the people skills as much as you do the actual technical cutting skills. I do because it's the people that make your business. Very true. You know, yeah. there, there's the law of averages that I try to live by that says if one if you get one if you do one good service, you get ten good. You, you'll they'll tell ten good ten people. Okay. Um, but if you do one bad service, they'll tell ten people that you did bad. So mm -hmm. you stand a chance of lo potentially losing ten clients from a bad service. That makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, as an entrepreneur. Um, I think I'm definitely learning that hands on. <laughs> and there there is a big push in society and you know of course society social media plays a big part in our society yeah. now. Yeah. Way more there was no social media 20 years ago. You know the internet wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. Right. And I know especially for barbers uh it looks like there's a lot of popularity like there's a huge popularity contest mm -hmm. and it's more about being known and popular than it is about your technical skill right and i see that in the cosmo world too um there's a lot of showing off and that used to be reserved for like the hair shows not every day all day in the shop right, right. um so i can see how that could definitely be different um do you feel like the community here is more uh, diverse where you get to cut a, a variety of people than Louisiana or do you feel like it was equal or? It's, well, people, it's, it's equal because, let me explain to you why. Mm -hmm. Because in Louisiana, there is a mix of, um, not nationality per se, but a lot of people know Louisiana for being mixed uh, cultures, mixed, races um because where i live we would have african-americans with curly hair mm -hmm. um then right down the street we had african-americans with straight hair mm -hmm. um so and then we had some with coarse hair and the wavy hair all of that type stuff but so for me it it wasn't a big change because i was already cutting all of these different types of hair mm -hmm. now here um a lot of barbers stick to one type of hair um i've seen where you go in certain shops where they only cut african-american hair or coarse hair or based on a skin color um hispanics they only cut a lot of them only cut hispanic hair uh -huh. because they know how to cut straight hair um but to me hair is hair uh -huh. because of my experience um you should be diverse and enough to be able to cut all types of hair you know so even with at, at the shop for example yeah. they had a gentleman that came in the other day that was a white caucasian he asked me said can you cut my type of hair sure it's hair uh -huh. and uh when i was finished he just couldn't get out of here really yeah yeah he was <laughs> like wow i'm it's hair so um for me and my experiences from louisiana which i am so grateful for uh, it allows me to cut all types of hair and some people are scared of that. I understand that. I definitely see that in the Cosmo world too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially like I got my license in Missouri and mm. the, the school I picked, I picked it because I thought I was going to get a variety, like a well-rounded education. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure I did. I suck at cutting, so I still have to work <laughs> on that. Like years later, I still suck at cutting. Right. But we did get a variety of clients. Um, we had white teachers and we had black teachers. Right. 
And so, you know, the book focuses a lot on passing state boards. Yes. And yes. a lot of the lessons are geared towards white hair. But because we had a variety of teachers, I feel like we got a balanced education. When I moved to Iowa, I realized lots of the girls were coming out and they had never styled anything other than what was similar to their own. And they didn't have a variety of teachers in their schools. And, you know, like one time I went to one of the schools to get my hair done and the young lady, um, she owns a salon now, but she was still a student and she's biracial, but she's very light skinned. She could easily pass. You might, you know, she might even be, what is that, racially ambiguous just by looking at her. And she was saying that they were still insisting on giving her all the black clients because they did know that she had a black parent and she's like i don't i, I don't want to just practice this like i want right. to practice everything right. so i think it's unfair sometimes when there are students who have the desire to learn everything but then the schools don't do their part and one providing a diverse education mm -hmm. and two allowing the student to be diverse in what they practice um so a lot of the the stylists that I ran into or my future clients, because, you know, I, I service a lot of white parents to black kids were saying that when they take them into their salons, the salons would be so polarized. Yeah. So if they went into a black salon. The black people didn't do anything with white hair or a looser curl for the most mm. part. And if they went into a white salon, of course, you know, they, they had these. Know. Yeah. Had the deer in the headlights look. And I just think that's unfortunate in this and, day and time. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about it is a lot of it is just based on skin color. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like I said before, um, there are whites that have looser curls. There are blacks that have straight hair. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is uh, people just looking at skin color, not thinking of hair. Because like you said, when you're in school, you learn about the different types of hair, color hair. And I think that when you're in school, you have to put a demand on the teachers and put a demand on the system to allow you to learn more about uh, 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 more different cultures of hair or types of hair than just what they want you to learn about. Yeah, very true. And you know, when you just said cultures of hair, I think it's interesting that when we were, were in school and in our books, there is no chapter on actual the culture of hair yeah. or how it's played part throughout history for yeah. anybody's yeah. ethnicity, you know? Right. Like we can talk about Shakespearean time and like what was going on during that time and how they were able to take care of their hair. We can talk about ancient African. We can talk about ancient Chinese. But in school, we don't actually learn any of that. Right. Because the first chapters of the book in the Barber book and in the Cosmo book, the first thing that they teach you is that it's the oldest profession. Yeah, but then they don't talk about how it's like... Right, how it has transitioned. They may say in the 1920s, it was the little curl, the little pinup or whatever. Uh -huh. But they don't talk about, you know, the, the makeup of it and the different cultures and how whites took care of their hair versus blacks took uh -huh. care of their hair. And even in different um, areas and different uh, cities and different towns. And even, uh, for example, here in San Antonio, I have clients that move from New Jersey, uh, some in Miami that, that come down and everything. And they're like, when I'm here, my head is itchy and dry and all of that. Uh -huh. And I explained to them, it's because the atmosphere, the environment is different here than it is in those uh, areas. So yeah. we have a drier heat. Mm -hmm. So you have to put something on your scalp, not just the hair. Uh -huh. And I was explaining that to one of my clients. I was like, what are you using? He said, well, I'm using this for my hair. No, you have to take care of the scalp as well as the uh -huh. hair. You know? That is, yeah. 
So, I noticed in Iowa something similar. They have really, really hard water. Yes. And you know, because yes. of the farm runoff and all that. Yes. And so when people move there from other places, they experience something similar. Like their their skin breaks out, their hair. I mean, their scalp is dry. It's itchy. And so when I'm doing consultations, I even have to ask, okay, so do you have a water softening system yes. in your house? Yes. If you don't, here's how you can kind of amend your water and your products. Wow. Yeah, and it makes a difference. Um, and see, a lot of people don't don't take all of that into consideration, even with uh, shampoos. Uh -huh. um, because <laughs> it's funny, I have clients that are mixed and some that are uh, have coarse hair and have some that's white. Uh -huh. And um, a lot of them use, like when they have dry scalp, they'll use just a dandruff shampoo or uh -huh. shampoo for dandruff. But the problem with that is that the dandruff shampoo dries out your scalp. Yes, it does and they don't go back with anything for moisture mm -hmm. or anything like that for the, and they're wondering why am i still uh why is my scalp still dry because you're not putting anything to moisturize your scalp or your hair yeah. after so you know oh that makes sense that's what i'm here for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to make it common and easy so you know they just go by what they hear um and they don't consult you know professionals or anything like that to help make a difference in what they do you know those uh, sh those dandruff shampoos are also drying because they're meant to be a temporary fix. They're not yes, meant to be a solution. Absolutely. And yes. they have they have wax in some of their conditioners and stuff just to put a layer a over coating. the flakes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So then, yes. because if you watch the commercials, they do kind of give you a hint that it's not meant to solve it. It tells you less visible flakes. Well, the mm. reason that it's less visible is because it put a coat on it right. to hold on to your scalp. Right. But right. most people, I mean, that is why we're here in the industry is to kind of. Um, Educate, yeah, yeah, and decode some of the stuff that's out there. Right, and 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 even with some of the stuff that's over the counter, um, a lot of people don't understand that it's not, it's not as potent, mm -hmm. if you will, as uh, some of the professional products, mm -hmm. because like you said, some stuff has wax um, and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't want to pay the professional price or for professional products, uh, even though some of them are different than. Um, the over-the-counter products mm -hmm. and it, it works better and it's more potent and it's focused more on taking care of the hair so a lot of times i try to encourage the client look get this get this or i can get it for you or you should use this and they're like well it costs more but it lasts longer it works better and you won't have that problem anymore mm -hmm. i understand that theory a lot because i you know take care of mostly natural hair yeah and a lot of the parents will try to go a very low end on their products yes. with like Cantu or something yes. and then they wonder why their kids hair is still having issues and it's I know I talk negatively about Cantu a lot uh, but it's just a prime example of a product that is everywhere and because they're so great at their marketing people think that it's a great choice mm. but in actuality just because it's low end and it has low quality ingredients it's doing more damage than good right right I agree so they have to explain to people like well when you buy the more expensive ones or if you do the research or let me teach you what ingredients that are good and then you invest in those you get better results it lasts longer absolutely. so yeah uh yeah absolutely so what happens is you know when they start using they're like wow and it doesn't take as much mm -hmm. they're like well i'm already through this no this is what you use this is why you use it this is how you use it and um a lot of them even some stylists they they shortchange the client by using uh some of these products that that are over the counter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. And then they're wondering, like, so like, 
I have some clients that uh, they'll shampoo their hair at home, but then I say, no, come on, let me let me do it with my products. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, wow, my hair feels totally different because I'm using a different product than you use. And it makes a difference um, in the texture and the uh, way your hair feels and the treatment of everything. So, yeah. you know, it's understand it. We should educate our clients. And it's not just about selling the product, but it's about being passionate about uh, making sure that they're well taken care of. I think you really don't have to sell yeah. nearly as much if you are educating and yes. you are knowledgeable. And like yes. you said, you're passionate. I remember early on, I worked at a couple of the corporate salons and they focused a lot on Upset. selling. Yes. Oh my God, yes. 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 we nickel and dimed the hell out of clients and I hated it. But now I really don't, I've never been great at just being a salesperson. Mm. And with my own product line, I really don't have to sell because I spent so much and I spend so much time doing more education. Mm-hmm. And I that by itself, people, once you have acknowledged what their concern is and you've helped them understand how to solve it, they're going to do what it takes, typically. Mm-hmm. They're going to do and go get what it takes to do that. I agree. I agree because they want, like you say, if you educate, information is the best is your your best seller um people pay for information Mm -hmm. people will pay for information and if they trust you and they trust your word they'll go get what you tell them to get i don't care what it is they will if they trust you and they believe in you and they believe in what you're doing they're going to get what you tell them to get i don't care if it's charcoal you tell them to get charcoal for their hair (laughs) (laughs) i mean they'll get it because they trust you (laughs) there's whole swarms of women out buying monostat for their hair so clearly (laughs) clearly (laughs) people so, yeah. will buy anything yeah i mean yeah. if they if they feel like they have gotten enough you know information as to why this might help mm-hmm. yep they will and, and and it's funny because a lot of people you know some of them don't even know even if you look at celebrities uh just because they put a celebrity face on a certain product that doesn't mean that the product is good it's just that they put that face like well if it works for so-and-so it's Half the work time, some, sometimes the celebrities are not even using it they right, got a right. check right to say that oh i back this product right right and they don't even use it so it, it, it's just you know a a, a, a marketing ploy mm-hmm. uh, if you will so i tell people like especially with natural hair i tell them i said not everything is going to work for mm-hmm. you and some people are like well you know there was the big craze about olive oil then there was a the big craze about uh coconut, coconut oil, oil <laughs> then they, the shea butter and mm-hmm. all of these things and you know, and I, I tell people, I said, you know, you have to find what works for you because some of these products, if you want your hair to be light and stuff like shape, but I'm not against it, mm-hmm. can be heavy. Mm-hmm. It can be thick. You want something with lighter oils and stuff like that, but they don't understand that. You know, it's like, well, so-and-so used it, but their hair texture is different. Or they're wearing their style different. Right, right. So it all Or they're in on. a different climate. Yes. All of that, <laughs> all of that makes a difference Mm -hmm. and then some of the stuff is good for winter some of the stuff is good for summer so forth so on but you know hey so-and-so is using it so i'm going to use it too yeah very true so what do you what sparked your passion um especially since you started so young money (laughs) money um well and the money when i say money i was uh long story short um i lived with my aunt and uncle um when i was younger uh my mom was having a hard time and uh, I moved around a lot. Uh-huh. So I moved in with my aunt and uncle and um, 
I didn't want them to take care of me per se. And I had a, we had a neighborhood where it was a bunch of boys and we needed haircuts. So I picked up <laughs> clippers mm-hmm. and I started cutting for $3. I started cutting for $3 a head. Wow. Yes. I started when it was $3 <laughs> a head and my aunt would get mad at me because I would have a bunch of guys under the garage, under the carport or in the laundry room because our laundry room was connected to the house but it was out, uh, you had to go in the door. It's like when you walk out the door, it was right there and uh-huh. it was closed and everything. She's like, oh, these boys are my house, blah, 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 blah. Hey, look, I'm trying to make this money. So, <laughs> so that's what started it. But then shortly thereafter, I started doing relaxers on her. Really? I started shampooing her hair and all this stuff. And I, I saw that I was kind of good at it. So I just kept on, kept on, kept on, went to school. But then I was in the military. And while in the military, I was still cutting. I, when I get off, of uh, duty, I would have people waiting for me um, as soon as I would get off. Hey, I'm going to the club. Can you hook me up? So forth, so on. Hey, I got this tomorrow, that tomorrow. And I had them coming from different areas of the post. Wow. Yeah. Uh, cutting. And uh, by that time, I was up to $15. Oh, okay. You raised the prices <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I knew I was getting good then. But, <laughs> but I, you know, and uh, so, and I just kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on until uh, I'm I'm there now. Um, I just love, but for me, I think it's more than not just cutting. Mm-hmm. It's the conversation. It's the people. You know, you have meet so many different types of people with different stories and different backgrounds. Until it's it's fun. I definitely noticed that you can keep track of your clients. Like you, you know, you know which boys are in in what grade, which ones <laughs> going to college. You know, you. I definitely noticed you ask about stuff that. You obviously have to pay attention and care about the person to remember yes. when you're only seeing them, you know, maybe every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's what it is. It's customer service. Um, some barbers just see the money. Mm-hmm. I see the person. Um, I've had it where I've had clients call me uh, on days off and be like, Mr. Murph, um, I have an issue. Can I talk to you? Mm-hmm. Um or they'll text me and you know hey what you think about this boom 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 and um it's because i'm passionate about the people mm-hmm. i love people i love conversation i love helping uh, people more than just the money um so for me it's about the person some people make it about the haircut some people make it about the money but and that may be a downfall but at the same time it's me i love people and i love to help and because in the industry as you know we are counselors we are friends we are uh whatever business advisors (laughs) fashion consultants (laughs) dating consultants consultants. yes marriage consultants um parenting consultants we we are everything to everybody (laughs) depending on who's coming in um it's funny because I went through the whole dating thing and telling young men, this is what you look for. It's funny because I was telling, I was one of my, my, I tell young men this all the time, especially with today's society. I said, look at, <laughs> it was funny. I told him, I said, watch a young lady, the way she treats her parents and the way she treats wait staff. If things are not going her way, is going to tell you how she'll treat you. And uh, when she gets upset with you and I had a young man, he came in, he said, Mr. Murph, he said, I did what you said. So what you talking about? He said, I watched, 
how she was treating her parents. And I watched how she treated the waitress when we went to eat. And she was ugly to them. And said, I didn't want to deal with that. Because if, you know, and he was like, it made so much sense because if she gets angry at me, she's going to do the same thing to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense. You know, and I told him, you know, watch how the mother treats the children and how the mother treats people. And it'll also tell you, you know, how the woman is going or the young lady is going to treat kids and you as it goes on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense. You know, so I'll just try to help you where I can. So how do you like, okay, especially in today's age, cause I struggle with this, like be honest, I struggle with this. How do you set healthy boundaries? Because you're human. So at of some course. point life is throwing you its curveballs. but people have also placed you in their life as a confidant. And sometimes their curveballs are going at the same time that yours. So how do you set healthy boundaries where you're still emotionally available? Um, I taught a class recently and um my advice was you leave when you walk through those doors you leave everything you have that's going on in your life at the door mm -hmm. um i was going through a divorce uh and it hit me hard because i wasn't expecting it mm -hmm. but my clients didn't know i was going through a divorce wow. some of the barbers didn't know i was at another shop before i opened up my own um, didn't know I was going through a divorce because when I would get out of my truck, I would leave my divorce and my personal life, those situations in the truck mm -hmm. and um, be ready to service my clients um, and listen to what they had to say and all of that. So basically you can compartmentalize your issues for that time being. You're dope. Cause I swear I struggle with that yeah, on both yeah. ends. Like yeah. not just being able to put all my stuff in compartments and completely keep it there, but also not wanting to save the world. You know, yeah, like, there's yeah. sometimes there are clients or especially since I deal with a lot of kids, there's things that I'm like, I could do, if I could just do 10 more things, mm -hmm. they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have this challenge or they right. wouldn't. And so I just, I guess I'm just in awe. Well, well, you learn because there was a part, a time in my life where I, I kind of was like you. I wanted to save everybody, wanted to help everybody, but then you learn you can only do what you can do. Sometimes yeah. just giving them a good service will make them feel better. Yeah. Um, sometimes just a kind word will make them feel better. Um, I had a guy that was going through a divorce himself and he called me all the time, Mr. Murph, you know, this is what I'm going through right now. This is what it feels like. This is how I feel, you know? And I told him, I said, well, I went through all of this. Boom, 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 boom. And I told him, okay, you're going to feel like this right now. In about three weeks, you're going to feel like this about, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, he would he would text me like, man, I'm feeling like that now, like you told me. Um, and now he texts me say, I'm starting to see the light again. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, he would call me like, Mr. Murph, thank you, so forth, so on. He's like, man, come see, you know? And for me, um, because I have a relationship with some of my clients, I would go and sit and eat with them and, you know, talk with them and, you know, stuff like that. But uh -huh. anyway, getting back to, it's not easy. It's not easy. You learn that you can only do what you can do and you can't, you can't save the world. Yeah. You can't save the world. 
That's uh, <laughs> it's not it's not easy, but you can't save the world. We gonna get we gonna close this up, but I was just thinking um, a, a few few more questions. Mm-hmm. You remember? Okay, so what they did talk about in the book was a little bit about how barbers and surgeons were pretty much combined, mm-hmm. and how important it was. And that's where our little uh, sign comes from with the red. The and the barber, blue. yeah, barber surgeon. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then fast forward. I know in the black community, the barber shops was the place. Like that's right. where you found out the news. That's where you found out what was going on in the community. Mm-hmm. And then we're here now. Where yes, barbershops and salons are still important in the community, but it's not—it's not quite the same. What position do you think we still hold in the community? I think we've lost our position in the community. Mm-hmm. I think we have lost our influence because, as you stated from the beginning, we've made it more about popularity mm-hmm. than about the people. Uh, the barbershop was the place where people gathered. Um, to, uh, like you said, get the information and everything. But the barber, the barber professionalism. The I think this. I think this. And I'm and I'm gonna say it quickly. I think that we're not teaching the younger barbers what the older barbers did. The older barbers are not mentoring the younger barbers about community and about self and about what it, how important it is to be a part of the barbershop and. The standards of the barbershop are changing. Um, I was living in Houston, and the barbershops have, over uh, at night, become strip clubs. Lord. You know, they selling dope out of uh, certain barbershops, police yeah. raiding barbershops, all of these things. And it's not a place where the community, where community can come together anymore. So I think we've lost our footing as a staple of the black community um, because of the things things have changed in the shops. I would agree. I've seen shops and salons where a lot of some of the nonsense you're describing yes, yes. goes on, has yes. gone on. Yes. Okay, so before we close out, what are two steps you think one one step clients can take to reestablish the spot that barber shops and salons had in the community and one step So, Mr. Murphy, you were saying how you think, um, and I agree with you, we've lost our position in the community. We've um, diluted the industry. We've uh, basically turned our salons and barbershops into more places to keep up the antics that are already going on and already so prevalent in our communities. So what is one step clients can make to reestablish the barbershop and the salons and one step that the beauty professionals can take to reestablish um the sacredness of these businesses in our communities um the clients the clients basically if it, that's hard because some clients like the antics mm-hmm. but then there are those that don't want the antics um i would say depending on your moral values and depending on um where you are in your family if you have a family so forth so on you get the right to choose where you want to go and you also have the right to tell the barber and our stylist, hey, you know, I want better personal service. Uh, so basically it's holding the barber, stylist, whatever, accountable and letting them know, hey, this is not what we come here for. Um, and on a barber side, bringing back the professional, barber, stylist side, bringing back the professionalism, okay. making it client-based uh, 
and not so much just about what's going on in the culture in the because yeah you if, as you know there are shows these days that show uh reality shows that we get the facade of it being this way that way when mm-hmm. it's really not but um as a barber as a, a stylist i believe that we need to bring back the professionalism and make it about the client again and not just about money and make it about the community and make it about uh doing what it takes to please the client and not what it does to be popular i think it's a great answer these are things that lux 210 is striving to do we are working on it daily um we are pushing for it uh i always wanted to be about the client i always wanted to be about the client um and making them feel uh like they are number one for us um from the little kids to the grown-ups to the elderly whoever comes in i want it to be about them awesome so what's your booking information they can go to books but they go you can go to booksy at mrmurf.booksy.com okay the shop phone number 210 three oh lord nobody we, nobody we nobody use it yet. right nobody use it it's funny everybody books online online uh it is i have it right here that's funny because nobody use it it is 210 265 5723 all right yeah that the only one that calls are bill collectors or marketing people <laughs> are the only ones that call the shop so if you want to get in contact with mr murph you can go to his book seat even if you're out of town and you have you're an aspiring barber yes. or stylist um and you enjoy today's podcast go ahead and get a hold of him and connect i mean absolutely absolutely be glad to answer your questions help you in any way i can because we have coming up i am actually going to a school in the area and help uh i'm doing a barber a clipper class for them and helping them uh with that as well so that's dope that's really awesome and you'll also be traveling with me soon so you'll be going to Iowa and Minnesota and Minnesota to yes. teach parents. Yes, so yes, yes. So he I travels, love teaching. y'all. I love teaching, so it works out for me. <laughs> Thank you again. My pleasure, my pleasure.